Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No time on the clock. The Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. It's a quick throw. And it's done. Intercepted. Okay, so it's not quite back to school, but I got to tell you, heading into year five of covering the Patriots, training camp and the days leading up to it, you might as well start seeing those commercials on TV, notebooks, pens, backpacks, because everyone's coming back and everyone's asking the same thing. Oh, how was your summer? Oh, how do you think the team will be? Where'd you go? What'd you do? We've covered on this podcast what I've done, and we're not doing any more of that. This is going to be full Patriots full time. But before we get to the hardcore analysis, which we're going to have every single day at bostonherald.com, 2,000-page practice recaps, just hardcore football stuff that really gets into the details, we're going to zoom out and dip into the world of fantasy here. Joe Dolan from Fantasy Points is coming aboard. He's the owner and managing editor of the site. He's been an award-winning fantasy expert on the radio, writing online for over a decade. He's a friend of mine, actually, from my days covering Penn State uh, about five, six years ago. Really good dude. We covered anything you would want to know about the Patriots from Mac to sleepers, the running backs, receivers, et cetera. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, is a little, a little appetizer, a little teaser here for the real football stuff. I've got some nuggets or, or rumblings or whispers. Pick your kind of teaser uh, noun there for what these things that I've heard, making calls around the league and to some people in the organization, just about the same questions I laid out. How was your summer? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Okay, what do you think about the Patriots this season? So these these whispers, I'm going to kind of rank here in terms of things that I can tell you the team is most excited about heading into the season. It doesn't mean that these are going to happen. This doesn't mean I agree with them. It's just things I've heard from multiple people that keep coming up in kind of a positive way. Because look, you can ask any Jaguar fan, there's got to be a time on the calendar where they need to feel some sense of joy. Okay. So even if you're in the camp that the Patriots going eight and nine or seven and 10, there's still a possibility here at training camp that the Patriots run the table, get the one seed. It's improbable, but everything's out there. So pick and choose what you like, but I will tell you without a doubt, the one thing that came up with every single person I talked to around the league and within the team, they're most excited about Mac Jones. This shouldn't be a surprise to you if you've been listening or reading anything over the past five months. The same words I heard have come up before. Ownership of the playbook in the locker room. I would not be surprised whatsoever. In fact, I might even expect him to be a captain this year. His body is different. The arm is stronger. We'll see how this translates. Everyone's talked to your two leap that I think the expectations have almost gotten too high for this kid where no, he should not be a sleeper MVP candidate considering he's still outside the top 10 of quarterbacks in the league, but the Patriots are very, very excited for him. Secondarily, the depth on this team has them feeling cautiously optimistic. When I talk about depth, it's not so much that you know, you look at what happened in the vision and Von Miller goes to Buffalo and Tyree kills in Miami and Tron Ardstead falls into the Dolphins. It's that they feel football is kind of a weak link system and that you're only as good as we hear this all the time with offensive lines as your weakest link. And so their approach is as opposed to diving and pouring all this money into one or two players who are really, of course, going to elevate the offense. That's how good Tyree Kill is. It's how good Toronto Armstead is. They're going to spread their wealth and the strength of this roster out across the offense and the defense. 
and just say, our weakest link is going to be better than yours. And then we'll be able to survive injuries better than you will, particularly if one of your stars gets hurt. Now, this is an argument in the school of thought within team building that goes back decades. For the Patriots, it worked out, of course, because Tom Brady could largely paper over their weakest link. But I'll tell you, specifically at the weapons group, they feel they have a much better depth there of pass catchers for Mac Jones to throw to with Nelson Aguilar and John Smith likely bouncing back. Of course, Devontae Parker's now here. They feel good about their options where there's a plan B offensively. And defensively, you know, again, taking a step down to the excitement stepladder, they're excited about the depth potentially with the young players. Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, Cameron McGrone, Jack Jones. They're aware, as you probably will guess at home, not all of these guys are going to hit. But they don't really need all of them to hit to have at least an average defense, give themselves a shot on any given Sunday. Because at this point in the NFL, success on defense is very, very different than what it was even five years ago when they win their last Super Bowl, or certainly 10 years ago going back now, 2012, 2011. So for them, again, they're going to change schematically. But if they can get Barmore and Perkins to shore up the front seven, then you really only have to help out in the secondary. But if Jack Jones can lock down the spot opposite Jalen Mills and Malcolm Butler's ready to play, they're in good shape there. Maybe they blitz a little bit more. So they're counting less on their depth overall, but for the young guys on defense to step up. Lastly, back to the offense. There's, I don't know what goes down below cautious optimism, but the new offense, the things that I've heard even a couple of days ago have me kind of opening my mind to what this offense could be. Because I can tell you the Patriots offensive staff is still tweaking the system they want to roll out week one and beyond. Like they're making adjustments that go down to kind of an elemental fundamental level where the philosophy of this offense for so long under Josh McDaniels remained the same. The idea, they don't want players to be confused anymore. They want them to play faster. You've heard things like this, but it surprised me in conversations just how elemental they're going to get of saying the whole structure of our offense might be a little bit different. Now, how does this look? Well, we know right now they're not going to play with a fullback. So that means you're going one back, right? It's going to be 11 personnel with three receivers, 12 personnel, two receivers, two tight ends. Those are easy answers. The ones that are more difficult are zone versus gap scheme in the running game. Are you going to use some more West Coast passing game? How much pre-snap motion are you going to use? Any RPOs. Their RPOs is a great example of as good as Jonathan Daniels largely was the offensive coordinator and play caller. And yes, he was largely good. He was very reluctant to incorporate anything in the kind of RPO world of this offense where you look at Mac Jones, and I wrote about this earlier in the week, almost 20% of his dropbacks at Alabama were RPOs. They play into his quick processing, his quick release, everything that goes into Mac Jones, and you can free up some early yardage and early downs to keep yourself on schedule when teams are loading the box to stop the run. All of those things are on the table. And that's something we don't hear where everyone's going, oh, it's the same structure. And I think certainly the pass concepts will stay similar, but you're going to have fewer option rounds, fewer reads where receivers are going sometimes four to six reads a play before they even touch the ball, three or four before the snap, two or three after the snap, before they can really get going. A lot of that's been dumbed down, not only dumbed down, but they're pivoting maybe philosophically. So the first word practice is a training camp. I like to remind everyone, they're not padded. They're not going to be particularly interesting. But if you watch very carefully and start to notice patterns like we saw in spring, which is only open to the media with the outside zone running plays, you'll start to see this is how they're shifting. Because I'm telling you, they're not done rewriting this offense. And it feels a little late to me, as you might be thinking at home, but I think it's worth going all in. Because look, I would not have picked Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to effectively replace Josh McDaniels. And that's, that's where we're at now. But 
if you're going to make that decision to go with two inexperienced offensive coaches, Joe Judge, great, played quarterback in college. He's never coached offense in his entire coaching career. You have to let them take ownership of the offense as much as at Mac Jones, because if they're going to be teaching it, they better feel comfortable with the concepts, with the terminology, with whatever the direction is. You know, it's just like if you're handing a substitute teacher, you know, a syllabus and saying, hey, just do this for the day. That's easy enough if it's just popping in a video or we're going to read a certain chapter. But if they need to be in there for a week or a month, they've got to be able to have some say that they can teach that material much better. It's the same thing here, except for there's a lot more at stake than a month of social studies or science there with these new offensive coordinators. So I think even if you think it's a bad idea, you've got to go all in to give this stuff a chance because any sort of half measure is just going to doom you and you can't go outside the offense and try something a little bit because then you're not really good at anything. Go all in on something new or all in on something old. Of course, it will be a mix, but I think they're going to let Joe Judge and Matt Patricia make all of those decisions and see where we end up, which could be a disaster. I'm absolutely not ruling it out. I've just gotten to the point of all the conversation, how poisonous it's been, and that's largely been fair, of just saying, I'm going to put my hands up and let's see what they do because they deserve a clean slate. All right, those are all the nuggets, the rumblings and whispers I've got for you. Joe Dolan, Fantasy Points, coming up right now. Joe Dolan, Fantasy Points, handsome man, Pennsylvania friend, now living in South Carolina. It's good to have you, buddy. We are including a home and home here as I jumped in your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Of course, the topic was fantasy. I dabble in fantasy. This is why we bring you in. Part of me just wants to lay out like I'm the vet in preseason and let you do all the work and prove your worth here. But I think we'll have more fun if we're on the field together. So uh, how are you doing, man? Are you ready for camp? Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm tired. Um, I, like I said, I've been doing like you, you came on my podcast and 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 it's because I, I mean, not not to not to diminish the work you did because I got a lot of great feedback on the podcast you did Callahan, but I'm doing a podcast on all 32 NFL teams. I have recorded at this point, as we're talking today, I just finished the bills. We went in reverse alphabetical order. I have only the Falcons, the Cardinals and the Browns to go and the Browns for obvious reasons. I think yeah. at some point I'm just going to have to bite the bullet on that one and, and just record it and whatever happens happens. Um, but <clears throat> It was great having you on. Yeah, the, the last time uh, you, you kind of carried me through the last podcast because I had COVID at the time. And uh, I think I've recovered. Still have just a little teensy bit uh, still going there in the throat. But uh, overall, having a good time uh, getting to talk uh, all these NFL teams. I've got all kinds of good stuff about all of them. And now hopefully, uh, well, you honestly, you were the star of the Patriots fantasy podcast. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun back and forth here. Okay, so you owe me one. That's what that that's what I'm hearing now. So I can I can lay out be the Devin McCourty, Matthew Junon. I might not even like, you know, put the proverbial pads on somewhere in the podcast. I will take it easy and you can take it from here. Uh, first, very glad to hear you're almost over COVID. I, I didn't need to push through that just to have. You oh, on. I mean, um, no, I am. I, I feel fine. I mean, yeah. I was able to it was it's such a weird virus, man. Like I, I, I lost my taste tested negative got my taste back tested positive you know i was able to exercise the whole time you know it just just a weird ass virus like yeah yeah. so bizarre i do like though even more that i'm going to get the punch drunk joe dolan here friday afternoon you're almost done with all the pods i feel like this is more fun it's like we've already had a beer and you're just a little bit looser and we'll see we'll see what comes out but i want to start with something simple and fun you are obviously canvassing the whole league and we're going down every single depth chart, star quarterbacks down to the fourth string, you know, tight ends, the Patriots player you are drafting and targeting the most for whatever reason is blank. Okay. 
So the reason is you. <laughs> and uh, the, the, uh, isn't that a song? Yes, yes, it is. Congrats on the first ever Hoobastank, hopefully last Hoobastank uh, reference ever on this podcast. I, I remember when that song was out, I was like, this might be the worst song I've ever heard, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason is you, though, uh, Hoobastank over there. I am drafting Ramondre Stevenson more than any other Patriot right now based on cost, potential upside. And under Bill Belichick, and I'm sure all Patriot fans know this, you certainly know this, the running backs have always been kind of hard to figure out. You've always got the three-headed monster going on. But the thing about the Patriots' backfield is one piece of advice that a lot of people would say, and I always I always get it when I like tweet about a Patriots running back or whatever. Oh, I'm just ignoring the Patriots' backfield for fantasy. Bad idea. Because very often there is a league winner in the Patriots' backfield. What was it uh, five, four or five years ago? Um, LeGarrette Blunt scored what 18 touchdowns yep. last year. Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns. Uh, like there are the, the Patriots constantly churn out league winners in the backfield and the re and they're never expensive because nobody ever knows how to break down the Patriots backfield. And even still Damian Harris coming off the season, which he scored a million touchdowns last year. He's a seventh round pick this year because nobody knows what to do with them. But you have convinced me that Ramondre Stevenson and, and I thought Ramondre Stevenson showed last year, just watching him that he had more juice than I thought he did when he was in college. And, you know, uh, he's cheaper than Damian Harris. You expect Damian Harris is probably, probably not certainly going to regress in the, in the touchdown department and the calorie rich touches for fantasy beyond touchdowns are targets. Our guy, Scott Barrett, at fantasypoints.com has found out that in, in, in PPR leagues, a target, not a catch, a target is worth 2.5 times as much as a carry for fantasy football. And you think, and, and now this is where I want you to step in with James White going on the pup, you know, rookie running backs often have to wait their turn under Bill Belichick. I don't know how much of that was had to do with Brady, by the way. But uh, under Bill Belichick, rookie running backs often have to wait their turn. You think Ramondre Stevenson's got a good shot to eventually take over this backfield? Yeah, a couple of things on that. One, on James White. Uh, I did a radio hit this morning. They're asking the same question. I think it's a fair one because James White has just been a fixture here since 2015 when he really got to take over, especially the third down role. Um, walking with a small limp, according to Mike Reese of ESPN, who got to see him in person, well, I wish I wasn't on vacation. That's that's bad on the eve of training camp, and I don't think we really have to expound upon that. Honestly, I feel the same way about Stevenson for people who have been listening to this podcast because I've gone over the same things. He broke tackles at a higher rate than Damian Harris did last year. That was year three for Damian Harris in the NFL. Stevenson, rookie. This is a player who former Patriots scout and senior bowl executive Jim Nagy pegged as he's going to be a star, even though he's a fourth-round kid at Oklahoma who fell for some off-field stuff. So I like Stevenson a lot. It's the natural talent. It's the opportunity potentially with James White and a guy who said and told everyone in minicamp, I worked on being a third down back this offseason. And if he was told to do that by the coaches, which I'm certainly told, sure he was told something, that indicates to me they don't have a lot of belief in James White being able to come around, even though obviously he's going to get a shot as long as the summer goes. Yeah, and obviously they have the two rookies as well. As I, in, in one of my dynasty leagues where I have James White, um, I drafted Pierre Strong. And it wasn't just like as an insurance for James White. It's just even if James White plays this year, he's on what, a one-year deal? Mm -hmm. um it's just like what what kevin falk became shane vereen shane vereen became jane 
James White? And is James White going to become Pierre Strong at some point? And I don't know if it's that year, but also Damian Harris is in a contract year. They drafted uh, Kevin Harris. They drafted Pierre Strong. Maybe Ramondre Stevenson just comes out this year and, and takes over that backfield. And, you know, I don't think Damian, the cost on Damian Harris is not prohibitive at all. Like I, there mm. are certainly going to be times where I might draft him, even though I prefer Ramondre at cost where I'm like, all right, well, what if Damian, he doesn't score 15 touchdowns, but what if he scores 10, he's going to be valuable for fantasy. But I just think Ramondre Stevenson with those hands, the juice that I saw, I missed out on him last year. I didn't have him anywhere just because of the whole rookie running back thing with the Patriots. And, you know, maybe he bucked that trend and maybe we'll see Pierre strong come out there and do some things too. But I really like Ramondre Stevenson. He's my favorite Patriots draft at this point. And I'm glad you brought up Pierre strong because this is someone who I've just said is a rookie. They haven't thrown on pads yet. I don't know what he looks like. He had fumbling issues at South Dakota state. Imagine how that's going to go over in the NFL, but Reminder Stevenson also had fumble problems at Oklahoma. He had a fumbling problem in week one, and we have just been singing his praises the last five minutes for what he did largely after week one. Pierre Strong also has this going for him, not just that Stevenson kind of broke the mold in the rookie running back. The offense has simplified in, in, you know, I've talked about this. We'll talk about this in this podcast. Belichick has called it streamlined. It's bigger than that. They've kind of changed the foundation of the philosophy of what they're going to do. It doesn't mean throw out the whole playbook, but Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are in charge now. And if it's simple, not only just in the option rounds, they're running for the receivers to let them play faster. The next area that's typically most complicated for skill position players you're involved in fantasy is blitz pickup. So for Pierre Strong, if the offense is simplified for him as a rookie, whom they like, they took in the fourth round, tested extremely well. If he picks up, you know, pass protection pretty well, he'll have an avenue to playing time and is worth a late, late flyer. If not, just kind of keep an eye on him in the, uh, in the watch list. Yeah. And Pierre Strong, I think he's probably more of a dynasty guy. I haven't seen yeah. anybody drafting Kevin Harris, but, you know, yeah. these are two players and the Patriots very often just kind of they load up on running. They seem to draft one every year. They drafted two this year. It's just churn through that position. That's what Bill Belichick does. And yeah, that's why I'm excited about Ramondre Stevenson, because I think it's just stupid to say, oh, well, you know, the Patriots, we never know what's going on with the running back. So I'm not going to draft them. No, 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 no. Bad piece of advice. You want to pe- you, sometimes you draft the wrong guy. Okay. It happens. Yeah. Sometimes you do. Like I remember the year after uh, um, the Eagles Super Bowl, um, I drafted Chris Hogan everywhere. <laughs> didn't exactly work out but Sorry. the patriots yeah. put do put good value on the field especially at the running back position yeah last one on the running backs and then we'll then we'll pivot to um i think my favorite question that i have listed here for you the i remember talking to evan silva i think three years ago in my old pod and his approach to the patriots running back was like just get the one that's least valued right now because there you've got the upside and typically paid out whether it was as you mentioned Legarrette blunt or a guy like james white oh, I, I, I drafted him in the last round of a league Legarrette blunt I mean, yeah. it was just like, it was one of the best draft picks I ever made because nobody liked LeGarrette Blunt. Right, right. So do you agree with that philosophy? I mean, it's three years later. I don't know who Evan is targeting now. Someone who obviously we largely respect yeah. his work. Well, this year, that would actually be James White. And for, you know, the reasons that you have already outlined, our guy, um, Dr. Edwin Porras um, at Fantasy Points, who contributes, but he actually works in the Minnesota Twins organization as a physical therapist. Um, he's not convinced James White will ever play meaningful snaps again. And mm-hmm. that seems like that's within the range of outcomes here. So, yeah. um, so James White, I guess if we get bad news on James White in training camp, 
Pierre Strong will probably start to get drafted where James White is in like the 15th, 16th round range. And I, I, I could endorse that, but I think Stevenson's cheap enough that he's probably the guy I'll be targeting who he's not a rookie and he's not injured. So that those are two good things in his, in his <laughs> regard. Although, like I said, he might have bucked the rookie running back trend because, man, when he fumbled, what, week one? I thought it. I I thought, oh, that's it. It's over for for Ramondre with, with his protection and, immediately. Like, yeah, and he earned his 23. trust back, and yeah. that I think that speaks a lot to him and how Belichick feels about him. Yeah, and not only that, you know, the competition after James White, Damian Harris is your most reliable proven back there. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, JJ Taylor's in the mix. I don't think they're itching to give carries to JJ Taylor. They feel comfortable enough. But if that's your plan B, I think you're, you know, you're more likely to kind of take a look around at plan C and say, there's some risk here, but like the, the, the physical profile is much better with either of those rookies. So, all right, next question. I already teased this. I, I don't know if I also have Friday punch drunk brain, but I asked you what Patriots are you kind of most against the grain with when you look at where they are in your board versus where their average draft position is the biggest discrepancy. And why do you, why are you either much higher or lower than consensus on a player? Yeah, let me take a real quick look at uh, underdog uh, fantasy uh, ADP. Uh, I, I really just think, you know, Jacoby Byers, I know he doesn't get in the end zone, but he caught 88 passes last year. Like, you, yes. can, you can do worse than that in fantasy football. And honestly, outside of Ramondre Stevenson, may, I, I've been drafting quite a bit of Mac Jones. And He's quarterback 22 by ADP. And like, I understand why he's not mobile, you know, he's boring, but the receiving group is, feels like one where he can distribute the ball. There's not going to be a real go-to guy. I don't think, but now you've got something. I, I, I believe that they lacked last year. You've got a boundary X receiver and say what you want about Devonte Parker. I, I don't know if he's ever really lived up to, he's one of those guys who's never really lived up to his first round hype, but also isn't a bust. If yeah. that makes sense. Like he's just, it's like, Oh yeah. He's a decent player. Like, you know, um, and then I remember what did they trade for him? Like a, they got, they traded a third and they a got a, yeah, yeah, a they, third for Parker and a fifth. And, and so I remember when they made that trade and I'm like, they traded a third round pick for like, I thought Devonte Parker was going to get like a sixth round pick or something like that. But when you look at the cost for what other wide receivers went for the, the Amari Cooper deal, I mean, I bet you there's a million teams kicking themselves that they didn't make that trade given what happened with wide receivers this offseason. But when you look what Tyree kill went for, when you look what Devonte Adams went for, and then a, AJ, all right, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, they're different cats, okay? You can make the argument that those three guys are top 10 receivers in the NFL. But then when you see what Hollywood Brown went for, a first-round pick for the Cardinals, and then you look at what the Patriots paid for Devontae Parker, and you're like, wow, in hindsight, that's not bad. And it probably gives them a little something that, like, we. I think we talked about this on, on my pod, but they didn't really have that boundary X, the guy that they can put to suck up that single coverage and then have, you know, the, the, the guys like Bourne and, you know, Jaco the, Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, who all kind of have different roles. But the, to me, those are not guys you want taken on press coverage. I don't know. Was that something you thought they really well, lacked last yeah, year? Let, let me stop you there because I had conversations with coaches right after the season. Again, a kind of let's do the autopsy here. And mm -hmm. offensively, they were telling me, per their numbers, they were the second most pressed team in the entire league. And what that number says to me is 
we don't respect the receivers. We are not threatened by them. We don't have trouble playing man, even if we're a team like the Bills, who might have had the best defense in the league, but because they're predominantly playing zone and playing a couple coverages, you know, are coming and we're going to stick to those anyway. When they face the Patriots, they say, no, we're going to man up about 50% of the time. The reason I'm glad you brought this up is not only that, but when you look at Jacoby Meyer, so you just mentioned being higher on than consensus, according to player profiler, they take a complete uh, accounting of your routes versus man and zone. And then they say, how often do you win? How often do you lose? I don't know their operational definition of winning versus man, but let's just assume it's what we would all, you know, agree on. You get separation. Yeah. Okay. Jacoby Myers had the fifth best win rate versus man coverage in the league last year, 45.7%. So he's not only having a defined role in the slot. He's not only getting opportunity because a lot of the other receivers in the roster are perimeter players. He's someone who excels against man coverage better than anyone else. And I think teams are going to continue to disrespect the Patriots in that way because look, Devontae Parker is probably better than anyone else in the roster. He's not keeping an opposing defensive coordinator up at night. You look no, at Kendrick Bourne, the other player like that, he's at 37.8% win rate against man coverage, 31st in the league. 31st is good. Also still not scaring you. So I think there's more of an upside here with Jacoby, who I like, especially in full point PPR. Yeah, and like um, I've drafted Parker mostly because he's pretty cheap. Like he's going, I think he's even going after Jacoby Myers, even on a half PPR site like Underdog. Uh, yeah, I've got Devontae Parker at wide receiver 65 right now. And you know what? That's really affordable. And I think it, once again, it speaks to the nature of the Patriots. There is no expensive Patriot in fantasy drafts <laughs> because they don't look, they don't have a star player. There's no Rob Gronkowski anymore. There's no Julian Edelman anymore. And there's no Tom Brady. So everybody, and, and you know, we'll, I'm sure the biggest question that you've had to deal with all off season is who the hell's calling the plays. And I think that that's going to define things quite a bit. And there could be some upheaval here, but there is value here. And look, Bill Belichick took this team to the playoffs last year. I think they probably expect to be a playoff team again. And uh, they're going to score some points. And so it's just a matter of finding these little edges. And I think the Patriots do present them, but Jacoby Myers, look, 88 catches last year. I don't care if he scores one or two touchdowns, if he's going to catch that many passes, there's going to be value for your fantasy team, because even if he doesn't score touchdowns there, everybody knows those weeks where your number one wide receiver is on by and you're like, Oh God, I just need somebody who's going to catch me five passes for 50 yards. Yeah. And Jacoby and Myers is going to do that. He had one game last year with fewer than four catches. So if you're playing full point, you're looking at, you know, say 10 yards a pop, eight points right there, half point PPR, just over six points, probably. That's fine. You can lock that in. I think you'd be happy for it. This is also a guy people, you know, they don't forget, but they need to be reminded probably every other Sunday when this comes up on the broadcast. He played quarterback for half of his time in college. He went undrafted because he'd only played receiver for two years. This will be his sixth season, not in the NFL but playing wide receiver, period. Um, now let's have the Matt conversation because he was the next guy that you mentioned. You're higher on. The play caller is a question mark. It is what it is. But fans here very locally are excited for the year two product on the field from a reality standpoint. From a fantasy standpoint, what do you see as his ceiling and also most kind of probable range of outcomes here? I mean, I'm sure fans are probably sick of hearing about this, but I think Mac Jones is ceiling from a fantasy perspective is probably like a Kirk Cousins type of asset. You know, just the, I, just I, the worst start here, Joe. Kirk Cousins. I, I, know. I, I don't think you're wrong, no, but, but like, man. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing though. Go look at like I understand Kirk Cousins is kind of, you know, Magoo, you know, <laughs> you know, like, but go look at the numbers, man. Like 
I'm not trying to say like I'm I'm not trying to say that Mac is gonna fold in in the worst possible spots the way Kirk Cousins has, but when I'm looking at numbers and I'm looking at the numbers Kirk Cousins has put up. Look, he threw 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions last year. The year before that, he threw 35 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. And the year before that, he threw 26 touchdowns to six interceptions. Tell me a Patriot fan who would not be happy with that from Mac Jones this year. Any of those stat lines. Where does that put him in fantasy? QB 10, 12? Like, like back end, like, there's usually, like, in fantasy, even this year, especially because the running quarterbacks have kind of proliferated, there's usually, like, eight or nine you feel really good about starting every week and then there's like a group of six or seven who you kind of like you play your matchups with that are essentially low end qb ones and i think that's mac jones's ceiling this year and like i know people hate hate hearing about kirk cousins but you tell me a patriot fan who would be unhappy with Mac Jones throwing for 4200 yards with 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions this year you know what you know what you say to them those numbers you like that. You would yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> and, you know, and, but, and again, like, but I'm just saying like cousins, you know, he doesn't really run Mac Jones. I think ran for like 140 yards last yeah. year, you know, cousins ran for 115. That's kind of like the style of statistically the kind of player he is now his price though is QB 22. Oh, so uh, like, I mean, in, in, in drafts with like your buddies at home, like if you're in a 12 team league with your buddies, there's a chance Mac Jones isn't even drafted in that league. Well, especially if you live outside New England, you know, the national, yeah, well, he'll be drafted in New bit. England. I yeah, understand yeah, yeah. That. Right, right, right. It's, it's a like, backup and you'll be happy with that. And I think you hit on a good point too, because it's not just the, the fantasy ceiling is very different than the, the real ceiling, right? Like you can win more often in reality still with a pocket bound ground bound guy. Who's only going to scramble when there's a real open lane on third down versus someone who can kill you with his legs. And you don't need to be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. As we saw, Josh Allen will do this and did this yeah. to the Patriots in the wildcard round. Patrick Mahomes, same mold. Like people who are mobile and are able to create their own on their offense, which I've compared, you know, in past episodes, these are the guys in the NBA late in the shot clock. You go, get me a bucket when everyone else is covered or we don't have any other options. That's playing quarterback now in the NFL. How much can you create kind of on your own? So I like it. I mean, the, if the price is QB 22 and you're saying his, his, his ceiling is around QB 12 or 10 or whatever that might be, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the one, the one thing that could swing his value either way, right, is the play caller. And the, we can't have too much of a discussion about this, but he's worked extensively on his deep ball this season. If they want to take chances with Devontae Parker, who's described to me as someone we want playing kind of power forward, if they hit on those chances, that's like an extra four or 500 yards. And now you're talking about a guy who is firmly in that back end QB one discussion. Yeah. And like, by the way, if you want to bring up a quarterback who has a higher, a, a higher public perception of him than Kirk cousins, you know, Derek Carr has never finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. And wow. Like seriously. And now, now he's being drafted that way this year because of Devonte Adams, but like, just like, it, it, like, Kirk Cousins' numbers from a fantasy standpoint have been consistently better than Derek Carr's. Although I think if you were to ask the average fan, you had to pick one of these two guys to be your quarterback. I think the majority of them would say Carr. Yeah. And you know what? Carr has also just not had weird uh, vaccine press conferences or just been kind of an odd dude anyway. Like there's some (laughs) tangential stuff that inevitably seeps into your perception, reality, or fantasy football purposes. We're like, if this is a tie, 
I'm going to go to the non-weirdo. And I think if you're going to go to a tie here in New England, it's going to go to Mac Jones. Um, and I like the uh, I like the body changes, although I I, yeah. I lament the loss of the dad bod because yeah. the, the, uh, Callahan, as you well know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're you know we need the, the it, it, we we need brethren in in sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And you know what? Too, I think the counterpoint here in New England would be you're happy with those Kirk Cousins stats because you know who Kirk Cousins is throwing to, maybe the Adam best wide receiver do in the league, depending on how how healthy Adam Thielen is. And obviously, Mac Jones is is throwing to a group that's probably in the bottom twelve in the entire league. Hey guys, just a quick break brought to you by Bet Online AG. As we get back into football season, there is plenty of money to be made outside of fantasy football, and it starts with your season-long bets at Bet Online AG because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. NFL, NBA season-long futures. The NHL is not that far away. And, of course, Major League Baseball. Are the Sox going to sink or swim in the second half? Find out, bet, and win or lose with them. Even golf. Live golf is exploding. Find everything on BetOnline because BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your information from live in-game betting, props, and the aforementioned futures. So head to BetOnline today and use the promo code CLNS50. CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's 50%. Just put in CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus because bet online is where the game starts. Um, I think think it's more likely that, you know, Mac puts up car numbers. And last year, by the way, Derek Carr, 23 touchdowns, 14 picks, still got the Raiders to the playoffs, you know, and then 27 and nine the year before that. And like, those are fine. And at, at cost for Mac Jones, for a guy who doesn't really run, who doesn't have like that stud receiver. Yeah. I think it's a very fair cost. I actually took him as my second quarterback in a startup dynasty super flex where two quarterbacks can start. Right. And I, my first quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, but I was like, you know what? I just need a young quarterback. Who's going to give me that solid floor. And I think Mac Jones statistically is going to do that. I'm not sitting here and telling you that the guy can't win a super bowl. That's not, you know, I, I don't know. We haven't seen those him in those spots um, that I think Kirk cousins detractors have seen him fail in one too many times. Right. I'm not going to hold it against Mac Jones. What happened when you run into the, buzzsaw that is josh allen like i'm not going to judge him for that but no i'm just talking from a strict fantasy standpoint that's where i see it you covered yourself very very well there mr dolan because you will have patriot fans in your mentions in three two one okay (laughs) as they're doing that um let's run down the receivers really quickly because we hit on myers i think we're both hiring him from a fantasy standpoint Devontae parker you mentioned wide receiver 65 Best to worst guys that, you know, not in terms of value, but are on your board. He's at the top. He's at the bottom from these four Parker yeah. Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, the, pretty easy for me. Myers, Parker, Bourne, Aguilar. Um, I know you yeah. talked up Aguilar a little bit on, on my pod. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of those guys, maybe a little bit similar to Parker, although worse got off on just a horrible note. Then had one great year in Philly, the year they won the – obviously, I think he caught uh, – he might have caught like nine passes in, in Super Bowl 52. Then he had the terrible final year in Philly where he dropped everything. Then he goes to the Raiders and reestablishes himself as a great deep deep uh, ball uh, catcher. And then last year, I think he probably underwhelmed a little bit with the Patriots. But Definitely. maybe if, there's, if they're stretching the field a little bit more this year, he gets that opportunity. Or 
does Tyquan Thornton get those opportunities that which I mean Tyquan Thornton might be like the least talked about second round wide receiver I can remember in fantasy football like nobody's talking about him and I understand because the depth chart is so it almost resembles the running back depth chart in a way like you're not really sure who the top guy is but the, you know there's names there but um now he's um we'll see about Thornton but Aguilar is just like, he's too boomer bust for me for really to rely on a week to week fantasy basis. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about Kendrick Bourne for a second, because, you know, I think the way I put it in your pod too, and you, you've encapsulated that very well. It's just and like, nobody he, talks about Kendrick Bourne, by the way. So right, I love right, right. Aguilar can win you a week, but he's very much a matchup play. And it's going to be dependent on hitting in a couple long balls, which are inherently, you know, low probability propositions. But if you're playing a defense, it gives up the deep ball. They're not going to send Jacoby Myers on a deep post or a fly, or whatever you want to call it downfield, it's going to be him. And if that hits, great. That's 10 points right there, depending on the league. Um, Kendrick Bourne, I mentioned player profiler. Again, they, they, you know, and, and there are a ton of these great stats at your site as well. So if, you can find a lot of these things that are similar at um, fantasy points. He had the uh, second highest rate of fantasy points per target in the league last year, the number one quarterback rating when targeted. Second leading receiver in yards. Tell me why we're not higher on him than Devontae Parker. Very good question. Should we be <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, uh, and then that, that's, that's where the back and forth comes in. I, I mean, yeah. I think, I just think people, he's never been like a super standout player wherever he's been. I think when he signed with the Patriots, people were like, what did they, that they gave him what? Like, uh, but I don't know, man, you're starting to convince me. I just feel like Devonte Parker gave them something that they didn't have last year, which is really important for them. Um, but Kendrick Bourne, I do you now you presume he's the starting Z receiver. That would be my decision, but I, the, yeah. over the years, and you can count these up, the decisions I would make and those that are actually made by the Patriots for and better or for worse, uh, they've been stacking up as being very different. So I think from a, an efficiency standpoint, as I just cited those stats, he is their first or second best receiver. And I'll leave it at that. But okay. from a fantasy standpoint, as you know, and have written about opportunity is such a big part of this. If he's not going to see more targets, because you also have players like Hunter Henry, who might siphon off some of those where the running backs, the value is not there, but I think, yeah, I think I, I would put him as a starting C receiver. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers now. 100, 925 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. I, I, as a matter of fact, I am. I'm going to uh, go to my uh, staff Discord right now, and I'm going to post up our staff at Fantasy Points without looking how many yards from scrimmage did Kendrick Bourne have last year. Yeah. And I guarantee you everybody's going to take the under. Yeah. Okay. Are you, are you talking Slack? Uh, it's, it's our Discord, yeah. Like, okay, it's actually the same thing. Okay. I'm going to see, see if anybody uh, – uh, if anybody answers that while, uh, while we're f following up, on that's this. exactly what I wanted to ask. I was like, do this right now. We will circle back whenever you get an answer, wait for at least a few replies and interrupt whatever's going on, uh, as we pivot to the tight ends. I mentioned Hunter Henry. Look, I, I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on this unless you find the tight ends or the defense, particularly interesting. I, I you know, again, from a fantasy standpoint, I think there's a very low floor for this defense from a fantasy standpoint this year, unless and this seemingly happens every other year or two out of three, they generate a ton of turnovers. Like yeah. that's the way they're going to have to live in fantasy in reality this year. When you just look at the talent front to back in the question marks, at least here in late July that they have on that defensive depth chart. Oh, you got the green goblin, Jalen Mills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I know Marcus Jones was a favorite of uh, our guy, Greg Cosell at fantasy points. I think he compared him 
stylistically, he always has to throw the, the caveat out there stylistically to, to Tyron Matthew, like that kind of like slot mm-hmm. corner undersized safety in the ways that he can be used. Um, I, I will never discount a Bill Belichick's defense ability to outscore expectations. I, I just, I'll just never do that. Um, I, I obviously Malcolm Butler's back. I think it's a, a very interesting group. And then look, I played matchups with my defenses anyway. So yeah. I, 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 I know should. I'm being wishy-washy yeah. here. Right. Um, but like, uh, who's the Patriots week one opponent, by the way? You've got Miami and Miami. Maybe what won't be one of my top. So when I'm drafting a defense, by Pittsburgh the way, week two, how about that? Okay. So potential a rookie quarterback or Mitchell Trubisky. So when I'm drafting a defense, I'm always looking at the first game, two or three, and mm-hmm. I'm b- building a ranking based on that. I'm never the first guy to draft a defense in my league. Um, I think the end of that practice came um, after the 2017 season in which the Patriots beat the Jaguars in the uh, AFC championship game. And then everybody's saying, Oh, a lot of people were drafting the Jaguars with like a 10th round pick. And I was never part of that group. And, uh, and then the Jaguars kind of busted as a fantasy defense. Um, Nobody does that anymore. I'm never the first guy to draft a defense, but like Miami Pittsburgh, isn't a bad stretch to open the season uh, depending on how you feel about two of and a new coach. Who's probably a little more equipped to get, good stuff out of Tua there and the um, running game which just bullied them in the season finale last year like close to 200 yards on the ground behind one of the worst offensive line of the league and now you have a run game expert like I I'm not particularly high on Tua there's so much variance in week one where we go in you can be as certain as you want you read anything that's written as a, a recap of week one what we learned in the NFL it just it's just like we have to wait and see but for that one game yeah. because of that variance for me would be a stay away but again yeah, okay Tip pass interception, like that's all it takes to swing a, a net positive fantasy performance for a defense or one that you you lose because of it. Yeah, I'm I'm just probably not going to be drafting them just be based on yeah. that week one matchup. And by the way, Miami's run game was atrocious last season. And now it's going to be much better because they revamped the line and the running back room, which were both yeah. subpar last year. Um, tight ends. Anything on Hunter Henry, John o. Smith, good, bad, and different? Hunter, Hunter Henry, again, I've been doing a lot of best ball drafts and, and, and in best ball drafts, you want to almost exclusively get a backup tight end. Hunter Henry's coming off the board as tight end 16. Very often, if I don't draft like an early tight end, like a Kelsey or an Andrews type of guy, I'll probably get two of the middle round tight ends, maybe Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry, two like high touchdown type of guys. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll pair and I'll pair Hunter Henry with him. He's my most drafted number two tight end this year. John who Smith's a question more for you. Um, I heard um, from someone else that he might've been dealing with a personal issue last year. Now do not quote me on that, but obviously he did not do what the Patriots paid him to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces back a little bit this year though. During the season or OTAs? Cause he had the birth of his daughter, COVID concerns and skipped OTAs and came to Yeah, me. maybe that was it. I, I mean, like, yeah. and I didn't mean to say like he was doing anything like nefarious, just like right, you know, right, 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 right. No, going no, on the, in his life. The timing is key, right? If you're trying to play yeah. through an NFL season. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he bounces back this year, um, but he's not getting, he's really not getting drafted. Like, and there's no, no. reason to draft on his ear. Okay, well, let's wrap on this before some fun quick hitters at the end. Um, you can't say the name Ramondre Stevenson, but okay. sleepers. Anybody on this roster you like, and if not, let's go AFC East. I'm going to I'm going to borrow from you, and I'm going to say Kendrick Bourne. Well, <laughs> let's see if I got any answers. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Uh, oh, somebody said 900. And I wonder if that's because it's one of those questions where you know you're not going to be asking it unless the answer is more than you anticipate. Um, but like, the first person always ruins this. Like, oh, let's play a guessing game of how low this is. Zero. Hey, thanks, yeah. pal. It's just no fun for anyone else. Um, I do wonder, like, how do they view Ty Montgomery? Uh, special teamer, core special okay. teamer. He's not, okay. I think it's 300 all purpose yards. He hasn't surpassed since 2018. Yeah. So, I mean, I know they lost Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Which, which was a core special teamer. I wonder if he's kind of their replacement, but no, I would say Kendrick Bourne because uh, let, let's just be honest. Nobody's drafting Kendrick Bourne unless it's in the last round or two of a best ball draft. Nobody in like your, your hometown draft is drafting Kendrick Bourne. And, you know, even I, like I'm, I swim in these numbers and 925 from scrimmage was more than I thought, you know. And he's he's discussed, too, um, as, as we found out, you know, 12, 16 months with him in New England, a pretty honest guy. He said he's being used differently already this season. Like, it, it was odd that they tapped into something in his game that hadn't been discovered in San Francisco with the way Cal Shanahan, A, just generally is creative, but B, uses Debo Samuel. And they just never went with Kendrick Bourne. Debo Samuel, obviously a much better player than Kendrick Bourne, but he breaks tackles at a rate where it pays to get him on jet sweeps, bubbles, different kind of actions where you're directly feeding him the ball. So I, I like that pick for the reasons I mentioned. But yeah, if he, you're you're probably not drafting him unless your house is in the shadow of Gillette Stadium. Let's put it that way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Final quick hitters. Um, you know, you've been in the business a long time. It's evolved immensely from what I can see as someone who kind of just dabbles the last five, 10 years, just so much information out there. Is there any still some old school fantasy advice that is just clinging to life that you hear all the time yeah. that you just go, this is just, this is not true. Like, nope, nope, nope. That's, that's wrong. Let's move on. Let's get smarter. Let's be better. Um, I think one of the big ones, uh, and, and this is mostly, I, I mean, I don't really do it in best ball either. Um, maybe it's more viable in dynasty, the notion that you have to handcuff a running back has died in recent years. And I don't think there's a ton of people out there doing it, um, especially coming out of a draft saying, oh, I'm going to draft. But the Patriots are different because there's there's two guys who are going to play. There's no, it's very it's few just period, guys. end of story. The Patriots are different. Yeah. Yes. But like there's very few guys who even have like a hand. like Dalvin Cook has Alexander Madison. Um, you know, Derrick Henry has, I guess, Hassan Haskins this year. Like, there's very few guys who are pure handcuffs at, anymore. But, like, I think for a large part, coming out of a draft, it's a waste of a roster spot. Um, later in the year is when uh, I never – I'll never carry two, two kick I, – I, heck, I've eliminated kickers in the leagues that I commission because nobody, nobody has fun – picking up a kicker on the waiver wire like at least with defenses you're like oh you know they're going up against the back oh the left tackle is going to be out you know and they've got a good address like yeah. defenses can be fun to kind of dig through the waiver nobody has fun picking up kickers like i it, it, i in fantasy football supposed to be fun but i'll never carry two kickers or two defenses ever 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 unless it's at the end of the season i'm in the playoffs and like th that that sleeper on your bench you've been keeping all season that guy does not need to be there and it's kind of the same way with a handcuff running back like all right i might draft let's just say um let's just say i'm in a deeper league and i'm like you know i'm really high on taekwon thorn mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna stash him at the back end of my roster to see what happens all right by the time week 10 rolls around 
and that's and he, and he hasn't hit yet. You're not going to hit. That's when I'll pick up maybe my backup running back and say, okay, in the event something happens to this guy who's in my starting lineup, that, that that's when I'll do it. Coming out of the draft, I'd much rather have the potential home run option as opposed to the guy who's you know the the real safety kind of insurance option. Um, it, it, it would only really require some really crappy bad luck for, for you to be able to, for that to be a plus EV move. Uh, in, in, uh, let's put it that way. I like it. And at some point, if you're in a playoff chase, these are probably cup bait anyway with the guys you clung to or boasted about. Like I got Taekwon Thornton, everyone's missing something, including the B writers. And look, sometimes we are, you have belief in what you saw in his college tape and his fit and all that. Good for you. Um, zooming out, you get one piece of advice for people drafting this year. It could be a team. It could be a position. It could be a player. It could be value. It could be uh, play as many leagues as possible or get a fantasy point subscription, which people should do anyway. Well, That's my piece. Yes, they should do that. Yeah. Well, well, by well, the way, Dolan 22, if you allow me to plug, gets yeah, actually, yeah. I probably should have to. That gets you 10% off of fantasypoints.com. And we're getting into the charting business this year. Um, yeah. If there's one piece of advice, I would say look at the really good quarterbacks or even the really good offenses that have had a lot of changes and kind of suck up some of the value on those teams. Like Kansas city is a really cheap team to draft right now with the exception of Travis Kelsey. Now I'm not in on Juju Smith Schuster. I think the NFL has told you what they think about Juju Smith Schuster, but Patrick Mahomes is cheaper than he's been in, 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 in years there's no wide receiver getting drafted in like the top 60 picks for Kansas city. You know, you can go out and get Marquez Valdez Scantling for cheap. You can get sky Moore for cheap. That's a team. Green Bay is another team. You can get invest in green Bay really cheaply. Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP and none of his wide receivers are getting drafted in like the first nine rounds of fantasy draft. So the, what, what does his history say? I just talked about it with the Patriots running backs. History says even though it's a hard situation to figure out one of these guys is going to hit right. One of Aaron Rodgers wide receivers is going to hit this year. Okay? He has to throw and the ball cheap. to somebody. Someone right. in those like, cities is going to catch the ball, which means that means points and touchdowns for you and for them. Yeah, and, and, exactly. Now there's other guys like breakout candidates who everybody has identified. Okay. Mm-hmm. One example is Gabriel Davis in Buffalo. You're not getting a discount on Gabriel Davis. I think people have correctly Uh, identified him as a breakout. But I think just one really basic piece of advice is look at some of these proven elite quarterbacks who have murky situations where you know points are going to be scored. And even if you don't know who it's going to be, take shots on players in those offenses because they're affordable, you can get them, and then you can find a potential league winner. Because I guarantee you at, at least one mid to late round league winner is going to emerge from Kansas City and Green Bay and certainly the other teams who fit that mold. Yeah, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, you know, even yeah. Christian Watson coming out of Green Bay, Sky Moore, whomever it might be. Alan like Lazard, yeah, yeah, one of those guys. Is going to be a league winner. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, from winners to losers, let's mash some fantasy with some betting. I need your best bad beat fantasy story week season championship. What do you got? Oh, this is so easy for me. Um, so I can tie this to Boston sports as well. Beautiful. Um, I am in a I am in a guillotine league. Uh, do you know what that is? <laughs> come, come again? No, I no, I do not. A guillotine league. It's uh, it is a seventeen team fantasy league and the lowest scoring team gets eliminated every week. Okay. And then that player's roster goes to the waiver wire. 
So every week, the, the lowest scoring team gets eliminated and that player's entire roster is up for grabs on the waiver wire. Um, and then you bid on the players and like, this one, this, this is the easiest one. So I'm in a league, a guillotine league. I've had some success. Uh, it's run by Brad Ziegler, the former pitcher of, for the Red Sox oh, um, and, and, and of multiple um, yeah, fantasy teams. There's some other baseball players in there as well, but Brad runs it. Um, I got all the way down and the, let's just put it this, the prize is significant. Okay. For, for somebody like me and you, maybe not for Brad, but for somebody like me and you, it's a significant prize. Um, it was 2020. I got down to week 16. I am in the finals. I'm one of the final two teams remaining. And now you have to imagine what these teams look like. Okay. Because we've been poaching off the waiver. So they're, they're all just like, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is on the bench, like type deal. Um, it was, Week 16, which was in 2020, Christmas week, Christmas day was a Friday game. Um, I did not have Alvin Kamara. My opponent did have Alvin Kamara. Oh, wow. Alvin Kamara scored six touchdowns on Christmas day. (laughs) And that was before any of the other games kicked off because it was a Friday game. So I am sitting there knowing that this significant prize I, I, it took one player on these stacked ass fantasy rosters and I was dead. I got six touchdowns by Alvin Kamara in a guillotine league with a pretty hefty prize on the line. That is it. I was just sitting there. Like I, he scored a 40 yard run, like on the opening drive. And I'm like, Oh, and then I just like, I, I by the end I was at least laughing. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding. Me. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, that's like hitting the floor for an eight count in round one. Like, I got up. Congrats to me. It, I know it's still over, you know, at that point. Yeah, that, exactly. When you first said that, I thought the Camara six touchdown game was on Thanksgiving, getting my holidays mixed up. Um, but now that it, yeah, the Friday, man, it was is- a fantasy final and nobody is ever going to forget that because I mean, if you either had Kamara or were going against him now, now the, 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 the a real bad beat would have been having Kamara and losing. And losing. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. that one, that one was just like an, an abandon all hope ye who enter here. Uh, situation for me i had no chance heading into sunday in that um so you were laughing how long like how was the next day did you wake up with kind of a camara hangover don't talk to me i was just like what can i what can i do about it i was that that's just the way it was like i remember he scored two touchdowns in the first quarter and i was like i was pissed then he scored another one before halftime and i'm like I was livid. And then he comes out and scores three in the second half. And by that point, you're well past the anger. You're, you're into, you're in the bottom of the bottle is what you're into. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was Um, Christmas day. So obviously I was, you know, I was able to tie one on there. Yeah. Uh, Second place prize. Did you, did you go home with something? I went home with something. Okay. uh, Okay. It was roughly eight times smaller than the, the grand prize. So, wow. Yeah. This is like the guillotine, but you're like, you're losing a foot, you know, like you stick yeah, exactly. that at the end and you, you're happy you're still alive, but you're hobbling relative to the guy who's left standing in, in two, in one piece. Yes, exactly. That, so that was my, that was my worst beat because, you know, that was, uh, I, I really managed that team. Well, I, I, I had everything like I wanted. I was like, I, I, I planned it out well. I, I, I budgeted my uh, free agent auction money very well to make sure I supplemented the roster throughout the year. And then on 
uh, and then I just got six touchdown on the first game of the week. Like, I mean, yeah. what am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, hats off to you, Joe Dolan, because I think at least for me, if you're outside the industry, you know, the last thing you want to hear about is someone's fantasy team. And let me tell you every single week, how I did, we all care about our own. We have a, a, t- a limit of how I want to hear about yours. That story has me captivated and thinking about for a very long time, caring about your fantasy team, which if you care about your fantasy team at home, fantasypoints.com promo code Dolan 22. Dolan 22. D-O-L-A-N-22, get 10% off. They're going into the charting business, as Joe said. There's excellent information right now. Get in while you can, because they're only growing, going to get, let's just say, uh, more more expensive, because you guys are getting a better product and are going up in the industry and very well expected over the years. And uh, Are you still on SiriusXM? Plug whatever else you got. Uh, yeah, so I'm on SiriusXM, uh, well, I presume. I'm doing Sirius XM game day this year on Sundays. Um, that always comes down to the wire, but I've done it for the last 11 years. I don't see why it would change now. So I do the six hour game day show, which is like, I guess you would say the radio, the fantasy nuts version of the red zone channel on the radio. Yeah. It's just basically me and Paul Kelly reacting to everything that's happening. And it's always a lot of fun. Cool. Joe, this is tremendous. I want to have you back uh, probably mid season. We'll check in most of Patriot stuff, but if you got any more bad beats, we'll have you back much sooner. Uh, and for, by the way, if Ramondre Stevenson does become the lead back, I'll kick I'll kick you a couple there. A couple of tips there. I already so got the I, subscription. I so yeah, I'm I'm good. But I uh, you know, I, I can't I can't pull for the kid as the team beat writer, but you know what? Yeah. For the people I, watching. Yeah, I understand. Home. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, I'll 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 uh I'll, I'll, let's just say I'll, I'll pat you on the back. Let's put it. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll send your jersey, you know, for Christmas, just in case we have another uh, guillotine debacle there. Well, uh, I mean, I, by the way, I am joining that league again this year. Uh, mm. So maybe I'll have better luck this. Cool. All right. We'll keep you posted. Thanks, Joe.